What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Madison Yanglin on the episode today. I'm so excited to hear her story. Madison, I'm just going to toss it at you and start wherever you'd like. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I guess I'll give a little background about my husband and I. We rekindled, I should say, um, in 2016 um, and kind of knew from the start that we would end up together And so we were actually married in 2018, um, in September. So we're almost at our one-year anniversary now. Um, And the whole time, we knew pretty much that we were going to be married and we knew we wanted kids. It was a really quick conversation that we had, uh, even when we were dating. And so I never really used any birth control. I um, had a history of breast masses and actually had a preventative double mastectomy in 2014, which they thought the masses were due to hormones with my birth control and whatnot. So I got off of that and um, I never really got back on it, especially with my, my now husband, because we knew we, knew we wanted kids. We knew we wanted uh, to be younger parents. We wanted to just really enjoy our kids growing up and be really active with them and whatnot. So, and we also knew with the reality that it it might take a while. So that's why for the whole two years though, we never got, got pregnant, but we also weren't adamantly trying. Um, So I kind of just chalked it up to that. And after we got married, we started trying right away. Um, And I was tracking all my days and everything like that. And had the disappointment every month when, I would get a not pregnant pregnancy test. Um, and we had a really stressful and hectic fall and winter. Um, and I actually, I missed a cycle completely, which had my doctor convinced I was pregnant. And so I went in multiple times for blood tests. And finally, um, I got my cycle the next month. But after that, I kind of was just frustrated with with the disappointment. So I decided, you know what, we're going to, we're going to stop tracking and we're just going to let it happen naturally if if it's going to happen. Um, and so that was in maybe March that I stopped. I mean, I was on prenatals. I wasn't drinking a lot. Um, and we just stopped doing all that and just, just relaxed. And I actually went in March and got trained as a birth doula. Um, birth's always been something that really has interested me and pregnancy altogether. And I went to a great training and came out just feeling so refreshed. And in April, um, we traveled a lot and we just really got back to ourselves and got back to really having fun and enjoying our time together. And I found myself thinking a couple different times. One time was on a trip to Florida to, to visit family down there. I remember thinking to myself, what is this going to look like when we have a baby? 
And it was just kind of a, a passing thought. I didn't think much of it um, until the next time I had a thought and it, I came across like pregnancy announcement pictures. And I remember thinking, oh, when I get pregnant, I want to do something like that. Um, so it's the end of April and family was in town and, um, uh, my aunt came up to me at the family gathering and I was holding her granddaughter who was three months old at the time. And, and she came up and just whispered to me, you're going to be such a great mom. And my youngest sister was next to us and she, she asked, uh, when are you guys going to have, have a baby? And, and I told her, you know, we've been trying and when it happens, it'll happen. And I didn't know at the time, but she really beat herself up when she heard that response and she felt really bad about it. And, uh, come to find out a few days later, I realized that I'm, I'm a day or two late for my cycle. And I had had some, some cramping, which I have a history of ovarian cysts. And so I kind of felt just some weird twinges and I thought, oh, great. I probably have a, a cyst coming and that's probably delaying my cycle. I didn't think much of it. And I went to the store for groceries and I'm like, oh, I guess I should maybe grab a test just to be sure. And I got home and took it. And I actually, I was so used to just getting negative results that I left it on the bathroom counter for maybe like 15 minutes. And I went out and did some dishes, cleaned the house, and then thought, oh, I should probably go throw that away. And I came in and saw it pregnant. And I remember thinking, well, maybe I left it out too long. Maybe it changed because I, it was exposed for too long. Um, and sure enough, it never, it never changed. It stayed pregnant and uh, just a complete overwhelm of emotions. Uh, and I wanted to immediately call my husband. He was at work. It was probably one in the afternoon and I, I, I did not know how I was going to wait um, until he got back. And, and unfortunately, we had one of his friends staying with us for the week. And so then I was trying to figure out how am I going to tell Brock without his friend being here because they would get home at the same time. So I spent the entire afternoon trying to convince him to, to leave work early, but I didn't want to tell him that I had something to tell him because I didn't want, I wanted it to be a surprise. So I ended up getting him home about a half hour before his friend got home and I had a scavenger hunt set up. So he got to go around the house and find all these clues that eventually led to the, the pregnancy tests. Cause at this point I had taken, I think three of them just to, to really make sure. <laughs> and, um, we, I mean, we just cried and cried and cried and we both could not believe, I mean, I was in utter shock and I think he was way more shocked than me um, because I had been complaining about some cramps for the past few days. So he thought for sure I was just on my period and uh, baby's due date was going to be January 1st, which I thought was so cool. And we first said we weren't going to tell anybody. And then we immediately drove to my parents' house and told them. And his parents, we called them right away, told them. Um, we're both really close with our, our families. So we ended up telling all of our siblings by the end of that week. Um, everybody was just so excited. But I, I found myself, anytime I told somebody, I always said, um, well, it's still early, though. Um, I was uh, five weeks at this point, And I just kept saying, it's, it's still early. And I don't know if that was my way of subconsciously protecting myself from what I knew could happen. Um, and I didn't really even realize that I was saying it until the loss, because 
I, I, I just, that was just how it was naturally coming out. Oh, it's, uh, we're pregnant, but it's early still and anything can happen. And when I remember telling, cause we ended up at six weeks, we told our aunts and uncles and cousins and that aunt that had told me I was going to be a great mom. Um, she told me she had known, um, she just had this feeling and it was only about two days, two or three days before I took that pre- positive pregnancy test, but she said she could see it in me. Um, and so our, all of our family was just so excited. And so we were surrounded by love and support. Um, we had a lot of, of activities planned um, for those few weeks. And so it was interesting kind of navigating being pregnant in early stages of pregnancy. I was super nauseous, um, lots of very strong food aversions and really thirsty, tired, all the, the common symptoms. I didn't have any with my double mastectomy. I don't have any breast tissue left. So that was one thing that was not there, um, which has been, it, it's weird being pregnant. And that's one of the things you always hear about. And it's yeah, like, that's well, interesting. yeah, never had any of those symptoms. And that's, that's one of the first things I feel like people always say um, mm-hmm. when they think they're pregnant. So um, it was, I had my first Mother's Day and that was on a Sunday um, and I was almost seven weeks at this point. And the, the next day, I remember thinking that I maybe had a UTI coming on, which all the research I had done said it was pretty common, especially in early pregnancy. And, and I was drinking a ton of water, but I always had the urge to go and it started kind of hurting. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to call and, and see if I should get this checked out. And so they had called me back Monday and asked me to come in Tuesday and, and drop off a sample. And so Tuesday morning, I had w- woken up and I had planned on going up mid-morning. And, and when I was up and about, I started feeling some cramping. And I had the normal like twinges and different aches, but they were never as constant as this. Um, I guess I can just chalk it up to being like period cramps. And they were very constant. And then when I went to the bathroom, I saw some dark spotting and I tried not to panic. I called my doula at the time because she was, uh, the doula that I'm working with is also was going to be our hired doula doula for the pregnancy. And she reassured me that everything was probably fine. But, um, since I was going to the doctors anyways, to drop off a sample, she said, don't leave until you either get some blood work done or get an ultrasound, something to, to reassure me that everything was, was okay. So I went and left the urine sample and asked them to do another test. And they were pretty hesitant, I think, because it, it, it was just some normal cramping and it wasn't any bright red blood. Um, and I wasn't constantly bleeding. It was only when I went to the bathroom and I talked them into doing an HCG level on me came home and, and kind of just waited anxiously for the call. And my doctor, it wasn't my doctor, it was a doctor from the practice called me back in the afternoon. And she let me know that there was no UTI and that my HCG levels were extremely high. Um, they were on the high end for being almost seven weeks even. And so she really reassured me that everything was probably fine. Um, this might be TMI, but I had the constant urge to push. And I kept feeling like I had to poop all morning. And every time I would go and 
and do that and push, that's when the blood came out. So she had told me, oh, you know, it's probably, you're probably just constipated because that's super common in pregnancy. And that can be causing some of the old, the old blood and, um, try a stool softener, but everything looks great. Sounds great. You'll be fine. And so I went from this roller coaster of emotion of being so worried, uh, to being completely reassured that everything was just fine. Um, and it was probably only two hours later that I started having some pretty severe pain and I didn't, my husband was outside doing some yard work and I did not want to tell him because I just had, had a bad feeling because the cramps had gotten a lot more severe and my best friend happened to be in town this this day. She was, lives about two and a half hours away and she was going to be in town. And so she wanted to stop over and my husband left to go pick us up dinner and she got there and she asked how things were. And I told her really not good. I'm, I'm really not feeling well. And, um, sure enough, I ran to, to the bathroom and that's when the, the bright red clots started happening. Um, so I called to her and I told her, you know, as soon as Brock gets home, please have him come in. And she could see something was definitely wrong. Um, so he got home. Meanwhile, while he was gone, I had called my OBGYN to let them know that things had changed. Um, I was passing really bright blood and the pain had gotten a lot more severe. And they said, oh, well, we'll, we'll have the on-call doctor call you. And this is at like 4 p.m. And I knew they closed in an hour. And so my husband got there. And at this point, I was shaking uncontrollably. I was so nauseous and the pain. I, I've never heard of miscarriages being so painful. I don't feel like they, they tell you that when you hear about miscarriages, nobody talks about how painful they are. Um, and so my husband was so at, he, he's no, I'm going to call the doctor. I'm going to demand that we talk to the on-call doctor because they're about to close. He wanted to take me to the ER and I knew that I needed to just stay home because it, it, it was normal. Um, and we got a hold of the doctor and she confirmed that it, it most likely was a loss. Um, we had called my doula and she had really talked us through what is going to happen and explained how my hormones were crashing, which is why I was so shaky and nauseous. And, um, but I had this urge to push the entire time. So I sat on the toilet for probably two hours. Um, and she thankfully suggested a hot bath. Um, so we got me to the bath and the bleeding subsided and I never had intense bleeding. I was passing some clots, but nothing crazy. Um, and then all of a sudden it just stopped to the point where my husband and, and my best friend and my, my mom had came up at this point to the house and everybody was kind of like, well, if you're not bleeding and the pain was gone, um, I didn't lose that much blood. Maybe, maybe everything's fine. And I knew I didn't want to, to be the Debbie Downer, but I knew I wasn't pregnant anymore. <laughs> and so I, I, I knew I think there was all a, of us can relate to that. I knew there was a possibility mm-hmm. that it was something else, but I also knew my body and I knew I didn't feel pregnant. And so I called the doctor the next morning um, because the on-call doctor that had talked to me said, we should get you in to check by the end of the week. And 
I called the doctor's office the next day and then, oh, no openings until next week. And I'm like, it's my first pregnancy. I am getting in. Get me in. Um, because I didn't know. I didn't know if it was a loss because I wasn't bleeding. I wasn't in pain. Um, and thankfully, my the doctor on call that day was my OBGYN. So they called me back about 10 minutes later and said, oh, never mind. We want to see you today. So we went up and talked to my doula first and she kind of prepared us for all the the things that we could face at this doctor's office, depending on um, the outcome and depending on what they find, uh, the different things that would be options or just kind of mentally and physically preparing us for the different things that um, they might find. And we went into the office and did a transvaginal ultrasound. And I've had numerous ultrasounds done because of my cysts. So when it came up, I I mean, I immediately knew that's an empty uterus. There's nothing in there. And so we went back in the room and waited for the doctor. And we knew at this point I had known um, what the outcome was going to be. Um, I'd already passed the baby and there was some free floating blood, but everything looked healthy otherwise. Um, and she was very helpful about what could happen and what it was going to look like from this point on. Um, so we spent the week just mourning together and spending time together. Um, I did end up, it was weird because the, the bleeding picked up a few days after the miscarriage. Um, the pain just was period cramp like, but, um, nothing crazy. Uh, but it just lasted so long. It was probably a, a good week to 10 days of bleeding and pain. Um, and we ended up renovating our bathrooms because that's what you do when you're going through a loss and you don't know how to handle it is change your hair color, change your house, do whatever you got to do. So we decided, you know what, we are, we spent a lot of time at Lowe's for a couple days, just, um, trying to change things and, and just try to figure out where we were mentally. I mean, there was no, there was no TV show. There was no movies. There was no books. There's nothing for us to do that could really take our mind off of it. So the best thing to do is tear apart your bathroom, I guess. Um, oh, it totally is. We did the I, same I, thing. I completely suggested to anybody that goes through any loss. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you got to tear up your bathroom. And then you do take a step back and go, oh my gosh, we have no bath. Like our, we just committed and we tore up everything, but um, it, it turned out really good. But uh, so I kept going back for a couple of weeks to check my HCG levels. And oddly enough, um, my last HCG level check, when I finally was confirmed not pregnant, um, was on June 6th. And that was supposed to be our first ultrasound. And I never, I didn't realize it until I had called my husband and, and he kind of broke down and and he had written it on his calendar. And so I had blocked it out and I didn't remember that that was supposed to be our day. But um, I thought that was such a crazy coincidence that the day that I'm told you are not pregnant was the day that we were supposed to first see the baby. Um, so I had my my first cycle again the week after, which 
was quicker than she had expected. So, um, and my doctor had also said that we could start trying again after that first cycle, but she thought it was going to be six to eight weeks. And it was, I think three and a half to four weeks after the loss, um, which was, was hopeful for us that, that things are getting back to how they're supposed to be quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just trying and, and seeing I'm, I'm due to start my cycle today. So we'll see what, what happens if it, if it comes or not, but, um, yeah, just trying and, and seeing, staying hopeful, trying to stay positive for what could happen in the future. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope you don't get your period. I know. (laughs) No. And I'm like, I've been having some cramps, but no blood. And this is, this is what happened last time. Have you not not tested? I have, and it was negative. So I'm, I'm trying to, wow, you got some willpower. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm really trying to just be like, I am going to start my period. I'm starting my period. I'm starting my period because I don't want to get my hopes up again. Um, and so I'm, I'm thinking, uh, yes, I, I don't think I'm pregnant just because if I think I'm pregnant, then it's going to be a big disappointment. So I just need to go into it thinking I'm definitely not, Um, (laughs) but it is, it's weird because yeah, we'll see. Stay tuned. Yes. Everyone stay tuned and we'll all be following your story. I'm sure. Um, If somebody did want to follow you or reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, on Instagram, my handle is madtayen, so M-A-D-T-A-Y-Y-E-N. Awesome. And I will link that in the description. And before we close out, if you had one piece of advice for the listeners, what would it be? Um, I think my biggest thing I took away from this, a couple things. Um, the first thing is to advocate for yourself because I was not going to do that. Um, when I was feeling the pain... And they, unless I, my doula, if my doula wouldn't have talked to me and said, you do not leave that office until you get a test, um, I wouldn't have pushed for it because they just kept reassuring that it's normal, even though I knew something was off. Um, and so I, in a weird roundabout way, going through this loss has made me advocate for my own health more. Um, and then also I... I don't remember what my other one was. That's my brain right now. But <laughs> I had I had no. more advice. I just can't I, think of it. I think that's perfect because I think it's. I also think it's really hard to advocate for yourself, especially like with your first pregnancy. Like you really don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? And you and you want to trust that that when they just say this is normal, that it is normal, mm-hmm. um, even if even if you really don't think it's normal. I remember what yeah. my other thing was going to be was to not be afraid to reach out. Um, I found such power in sharing my story and I, the amount of people that have reached out to me that haven't even shared their story yet. Um, and no one knows that they had a miscarriage. Um, but they're able, we're able to talk about it. Um, because I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it because it's not, it's not something to be ashamed of. And, especially right after a loss, it's easy to just feel alone and feel ashamed of, of what happened. Um, and I, I found such power in sharing my story and I feel like I'm helping others by sharing it. So if it's something that 
that you're able to do, um, I think it's only positive to share your story with others. Yeah. It's extremely powerful. And, um, I know I've said this a million times, but that's why this platform was created. It was because for me, story medicine, it's awesome. But where the real like healing came into play for me was sharing. Right. Um, and this, platform this podcast allows both opportunities so exactly. you guys reach out if you want to share I'm horrible at getting back to people but I do my best <laughs> <laughs> hey you got back to me so you're not that bad sometimes it just takes me like two days or a week or it's like all over the place <laughs> but I appreciate you so much and for having the courage to jump on and share um, it means a lot to me and I know it means a lot to all the listeners as well so thank you thank you for for allowing me to share this And everyone, go follow to keep up with her story. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest, so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb cam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. 